Well, good morning and welcome to South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here. Those of you who are with us in our traditional sanctuary or joining us from upstairs in our modern sanctuary or worshiping online, listening to our podcast, we have a lot of different ways to connect to the message today. But we are one church serving the one God uh, with one message. And we're just glad that you're all here today. We are continuing in our sermon series called The Way, in which uh, we're looking in the book of Acts and discover that the early church, before it was called the church, before it was called Christians, Christianity, was called the way. And the reason is because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus says that he is the way to God. He's the way to living a life that is full and eternal. And so we're looking at what the early church looked like to see what we can learn about how we can also follow Jesus even now, a couple of thousand years later. So again, glad you're here today uh, to be a part of this discussion. You've probably heard the phrase, uh, going viral. Um, this, uh, of course, has medical connotations, but uh, in the world of social media, if you put something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and a lot of people follow that or see that, and then they share that, uh, then it's, it's known as going viral. So you post a nice picture of your kid, if a lot of people like it, then maybe a million people around the world will see that. And so uh, that is a phenomenon that we have in social media. And I was interested to see, like, what are some of the most uh, viral things that have ever happened? And I just did, like, a Google search. And here's a handful of things that popped up uh, on the screen. Um, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, I'm not sure if you remember that. That was several years ago. And what people would do was they'd have somebody dump a bucket of cold water on them. Uh, and then they would donate some money to ALS uh, research to fight against that disease. And then they would challenge someone else to dump water on themselves, and it kind of spread throughout uh, the Internet world. We even did that here as a church staff, and uh, ALS uh, folks were able to raise over $115 million, right? So that something started with one person, spread to another person, spread to hundreds of millions of people, and it raised a lot of money. Um, Another one on there I found interesting, the Metro Trains Dumb Ways to Die. Uh, the, these are folks who want you not to get run over by a train in a subway station, somewhere like that. So they made these kind of funny videos, uh, and over 168 million people watched them. So hopefully that saved a lot of lives, right? So just a lot of things that you just start out small, and it just explodes. Another thing that uh, you can look at for viral things is on uh, the website YouTube where people can submit videos of themselves or things that are going on, hoping that other people around the world will watch them. Uh, here are some of the top videos that are on uh, YouTube. Uh, one is Charlie Bet My Finger again. It's this little boy. He's got this British accent, and his brother bites his finger. And he says, Charlie Bet My Finger in a British accent. And like hundreds of millions of people have watched this video. Um, there was one about uh, children interrupt a BBC News interview. This very serious BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation uh, guy was doing his news report and his own children came out in the middle of the, of the interview to go hug their dad, right? So that went viral. Um, one of them close to home, Miss Teen USA from 2007, uh, answered a question that didn't go really well and so uh, that made the viral news. That Fifth one, Numa Numa, was simply a guy who was probably something that we've all done, either in our car, 
uh, yeah, Daniel's doing it in the back here, or in our, uh, in our bathroom mirror. He's like kind of dancing to a famous song, and somebody put it on the internet, and hundreds of million people have seen that, right? That's like my worst nightmare. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so things that go viral. But the number one video on YouTube, don't show it yet. Anybody have a guess of what the number one video on YouTube is? Any guess? It's a song called Baby Shark. <laughs> baby Shark, da, 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 baby Shark, da, 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 da. right, John? Maybe you can play that later. No, you're not gonna do that. Cold, I'll do that upstairs. Right. Twelve billion views. Twelve billion with a B views of this annoying little song that gets in your head and you can't stop. Right. So things that go viral. Right, so, so how does a video go viral? Like how can 12 billion people see a little kid singing a song about a shark? Uh, and then you might have important videos out there in the world, safety things, information, that kind of stuff that maybe get one view, right? So how does a, how does a video, how does the social media post go viral? Well, I think it's one of two ways. One is it takes a lot of careful planning. Right, so the ALS water bucket challenge, it was planned out, right? It was, it was focused, they did some research, and they worked hard at it. And again, $115 million was raised to fight this disease, right? So it was planned. And the other way that things go viral are it just happens, right? It strikes a chord with someone, like that guy who was dancing in his room to the music, right? probably didn't want the whole world to see that, but it got out and it just spread like wildfire, right? So either it's planned or sometimes it just happens, right? So why does a video go viral? Why does a social post, I've been thinking about like, why would that happen? I think it's a couple of different reasons. One, it's just something that's great. It's interesting. It's good news. It's funny. It's something that makes you smile. And so you're like, hey, this is great. I would like to show this to someone else. They're probably going to appreciate that. Or the other side is, it's something that's embarrassing and you're glad that it didn't happen to you, but you don't mind passing it on to someone else, right? You probably have someone in your family, someone in your friend group that always likes to be the bearers of bad news. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I hate to say this, but, but they don't really hate to say it, right? They like to share the bad news, right? So some things that are bad news or embarrassing go viral and some things that are good or fun, exciting go viral. And then I think there's like this fear of missing out. Like you can go onto Twitter, like social media, and it has a spot on Twitter that says things that are trending, things that are happening now. And, you know, I don't want to be left out. I want to know what's going on in the world, right? So I think those are some of the reasons that things go viral uh, in our lives, right? So sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But so let me just ask you in your life, what have you seen go viral? What have you been a part of? Maybe social media, maybe on the internet, but even outside of social media, even outside of the internet, right? You know, sometimes my mom and dad will call me and say, hey, Harris Teeter's having a sale today. You need to get the boys some grapes, right? So that's a form of going viral, right? Maybe you've had a friend say to you, hey, I've got a good stock tip for you. No one else knows this, but tomorrow I'm going to invest a lot of money in this stock. You might want to do that as well. Or, like when I was a teenager, hey, Paula's having a party Thursday night. You don't want to miss that, right? Tell all your friends, right? So it doesn't have to be on the internet, right? Things go viral, right? They go viral through the phone calls, through face-to-face. What's your experience of things that go viral? Now, why am I talking about things that are going viral? We're talking about the early church. We're talking about the way 
And what we're going to find out is that the early church, the message of Jesus went viral. It went viral before there was social media. It went viral before there were phones, right? The, the early church, the movement of the way, spread like wildfire. It was contagious. It was like a virus in a positive way. Let's look in the book of Acts and see some examples of this. Right, so Acts 2.41, those who accepted Peter's message about Jesus were baptized and about 3,000 people were added to that number that day. Right? We talked about this last Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, Peter preaches his sermon. Right? 3,000 people give their life to Christ and help build up the way. Right? That is viral movement way back 2,000 years ago. Here's another passage of scripture from uh, Acts 2.47b. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Right? So every day in the early church, people were coming to faith in Christ. It was contagious. It was viral. People said, these followers of the way have something special. I need to check that out. I need to see what it is that you have because I want that for me. I want that for my family. Right, so the early church was contagious. The early church was viral. Let's go deeper into some of these passages in Acts 2. We've, we've looked at a little bit of this earlier in our series, but let's go back to some of this. Uh, this is Acts 2. Right after the Holy Spirit has sent tongues of fire down on the disciples so that people from around the world who are gathered can hear them speaking their languages, Peter stands up and he preaches about Jesus. And then when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent, which means turn away. Right? Turn around from your life without God, turn to God, and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're far from God. Jesus died for you. He came back to life so that you can be forgiven. You can be washed clean of your wrongdoing, your sin, guilt, and shame, and you can live a life that is full now and forever. Right? Repent and be baptized. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 people were added to their number. That's what we saw, right? So Peter tells people about Jesus and it becomes viral. Right? And we keep going in Acts 2 here. Right? So this is what people in the early church were doing. And we've seen this earlier in the series, but I want to keep coming back to it because this is what the early church looked like. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Right? What are the disciples teaching about Jesus? And to fellowship, which means they hung out together. They ate together, they laughed together, they cried together, they shared stories together, they shared life together, right? To the breaking of bread, they ate together in homes and to prayer. They talked to God together. They prayed for each other. Everyone was filled with awe, like awesome, at the mighty wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They healed people. They fed hungry people. They did things that got people's attention that were good, right? Positive press. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. People didn't have physical needs in the early church. You know how attractive that would be today? Right? You're not hungry. You're not homeless. You have clothes on your back, right? Didn't have those problems, right, with the early church. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. So they went to worship God, like we're worshiping God together now. 
They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Again, right, they had a good reputation. And the Lord added to their number daily, every day, those who were being saved. Every day, those were being saved, right? Viral, contagious, right? These followers of Jesus, this way is something else, right? It's trending. We need to understand this. We want to get in on that. How can we do this, Peter? How can we become what you are? Repent and be baptized. Receive the Holy Spirit. Contagious, viral. Why is it? What was going on? Right? Again, if you have any question, go to that Acts 2. It just it lays it out. It was a message of hope. Right? God loves you. God has plans for your life. Right? If you've messed up, God's ready to forgive you. God wants to give you a life that is full. God wants to give you life eternal. That is a message of hope. Right? The apostles did signs and wonders. They fed the hungry. They healed people. They visited people who were in prison. Right? They shared the gospel through their actions. Right? They, uh, they also had no need, right? They would take their money, they'd pull it together, they'd take care of people. People were not in physical need in the early church. It's powerful. Right? It's very powerful. It's contrary to how we kind of live our lives, and so it makes us stop and think, what does that even look like? They were hospitable. They opened their homes. They ate together. They lived together. Right? They were inclusive. Men and women were welcome. Right? Rich and poor were welcome. Uh, slave and free were welcome. Everyone was welcome. Everyone's important to God. Everyone's a son or a daughter of Christ. You are welcome here. That's powerful. And they were bold. They didn't let anything stand in their way. They stood up to the power that killed Jesus himself. When they, those people that had Jesus killed told the apostles, stop doing what you're doing, they're like, no, we can't help to do what we're doing, right? It's contagious. It's viral. We're not stopping. And they also, as we talked about last Sunday, had the Holy Spirit, right? A person of God with them, in their hearts, guiding them, right? Advocate, right? Fighting for them, standing up for them, living inside of them, right? Goodness inside of them, inspiring them to do all of this. Is it any wonder that the early church exploded in numbers and reaching people? It was contagious because it was full of the Holy Spirit doing all of these amazing things, talking about the grace that Christ gives us through the sacrifice that he made on the cross. And it was, it was going like wildfire. So how's it happen, right? There's, there's no social media. There's no Twitter. There's no Instagram. There's no Facebook to say, hey, come check this out at my church, right? That kind of stuff. Right? None of that. So how was it going viral? It was word of mouth, one-on-one. Hey, come and see what is happening here. You really want to be a part of this, right? Just one-on-one was the way that was spread. And it worked. And it works. It still works today, right? One-on-one, hey, come and see. Some of it was planned, you know, kind of like they planned social media posts. They planned the ALS water bucket thing, right? The disciples said, we need a system to feed people who are hungry, right? We have to worship together, right? The Holy Spirit told them to go do things. We're going to see that in just a minute. And some of it was unplanned. It was just people like you and me who were full of God, full of the Holy Spirit, living their lives. If they saw someone who was in need, they took care of it. They didn't say, hey, let's go ask the disciples, should we help this person or not? Like the Holy Spirit said, help them. They helped them. Right? It wasn't planned. It wasn't staged. It just happened, and it got people's attention. 
And I think that we in the 21st century church can learn from that. I think we, we need to plan things, which we do, right? We plan worship services. We plan education for our students and our children and our adults. We plan Easter events and Christmas events for the community. We invite them. We, we make plans to go and feed hungry people, right? That all is very important. We keep doing that. And it's also important just in your everyday life when you're at work or when you're at school when you're in your neighborhood, when you're at the water cooler, when you're in your car, when you're shopping, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have opportunities to witness to other people through our actions. Right? Hey, let me help you with that. Hey, I see that you're having a hard day. Let me just say, I think you're doing a great job at your job today. Right? Some of it is just spontaneous because the Holy Spirit is so alive in us that we're just going to do good things on behalf of God and people are going to see that and say, wow, you've got something pretty special. Can you tell me about that? Right? So sometimes it's planned, sometimes it's spontaneous, but it's all driven by the Holy Spirit. Well, let's keep seeing what happens with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. We're going to jump ahead from chapter 2 to chapter 8, and we're going to meet a disciple named Philip. And the Holy Spirit is going to say to Philip something specific that, that Philip needs to do. Right? So let's see what Philip is called to do by the Holy Spirit. Now an angel of the Lord, an angel is a spokesperson for God, uh, said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is in Israel. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. Right? So this man that uh, Philip meets is an Ethiopian, right? It's from the African place of Ethiopia, which is south to Israel, right? So this is someone who has darker skin than Philip, from another country, has a different culture, right? So he's going to meet someone who's different than him, right? A eunuch could be a, uh, a title for uh, just someone who had an important role in uh, the queen's kind of um, uh, kingdom, uh, but the technical term for a eunuch was a man who was castrated, which, ugh. right? So this man, asexual, most likely very different from Philip. And God said, I want you to go and, and talk to this person, right? So he's also uh, very important. He's in charge of all the money of an entire kingdom. That's a pretty important person, isn't it, right? So this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, right? So is he Jewish? Is he trying to figure out? You know, the, the Jewish faith, because that's what's happening in Jerusalem, because the way is just getting started. So he's interested somehow uh, in, in scriptures and what we would call the Old Testament. And on his way home, he was sitting uh, in his chariot, which means he was very wealthy. You didn't just have chariots back then unless you had some wealth, right? But he, he's in charge of the money for a whole kingdom, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, right? This is from the Hebrew scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament, right? So... This is a person who's exploring the faith, right? He's from another country, he's from another lifestyle, he's from another place, but he's interested in the Jewish religion, right? And so the Holy Spirit said, Philip, I want you to get ready and go, okay? So let's see what happens. So the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it, right? Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and he says, do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I? he said, unless someone explains it to me. I'm reading this, but I don't get it. I needed someone to help me with this. So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. I think it's from like Isaiah 53. 
He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? This, of course, is a prophecy about Jesus. Jesus is going to suffer. He's going to lose his life for us, right? So Isaiah the prophet predicts this. That's what the eunuch's reading. He doesn't understand it, so Philip's hopefully going to help him understand that. So the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized, right? So Philip's interpretation of scripture has so moved this man that he's ready to give his life to Christ and to be baptized, And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. This is a powerful passage of Scripture, and I think it's very relevant to our lives. I think that the Holy Spirit is going to put us all in situations to share the good news of Jesus with people in our lives. And you don't have to have a theology degree. You don't have to know everything about God and Jesus and all that stuff. But to share what you know with someone that God puts in your way. right? So let's look at what happened. The Holy Spirit said, Philip, I need you to go to this place. right? There are going to be times in your life when you come upon someone and you're going to feel something in your heart that God wants you to be in this relationship, to be in this position, to be in this time, to be in this conversation, right? And so he found a man who had a a lot of things that were different than his experience. So sometimes God will lead us to people who are like us. Sometimes God will lead us to people who are very unlike us, right? And God had already been working on this man from Ethiopia's heart. Like he was interested in God. He was hungry, right? There are people in your life who were hungry for God. They might not have ever said anything about it, but they're searching. They're curious about who Jesus is, what the Holy Spirit is, right? They are curious, and at some point, you're going to have an opportunity to help them, right? How did Philip do it? He started with the questions that they have, right? The Ethiopian guy had been reading a passage of Scripture. Can you help me with this? There are people in your life who are wrestling with, why am I having such a hard time? Where is God in my life? Why is this going on in my life, right? There are people who have questions about faith and about God, and you're going to be put in their path, and God's going to give you words to help them. And usually it starts with what they're wrestling with. Philip also, what did he do? He used Scripture. He talked about Jesus, right? So when God puts people in our lives, we talk about our experience with God. We talk about Christ. We talk about what we know about the Bible. If God leads you to someone, God's working on their heart, God's going to give you an opportunity to talk to them. If you don't have the answers, then you can say, hey, you know, this is a great answer, a great question. Let me ask my pastor about that. I'll help you with that, right? So don't feel that you have to have all the answers. Not that I'm going to have every answer either, but we can wrestle with that together. But what I think about the way being contagious They didn't have phones, they didn't have social media, they didn't have internet. Most of the way that was contagious and viral was one-on-one. One-on-one. Someone who had faith, who was in the way, met someone who didn't, and they either shared their faith with their words or they shared their, their faith with their actions. They fed someone. They went and visited someone who was sick or in prison, right? 
So as we think about the 21st century church being like the first century church, God is going to put people in our way who are hungry, who are searching for the good news. And we can help that become a viral thing by sharing our experience. And so I'm just saying, be on the lookout. The Holy Spirit is going to do something like with Philip, with you, right? And maybe God's already working on that, right? Just keep your eyes open. But the way that stuff spread in the early church was one-on-one. Hey, come and see. Let me tell you about my experience. Or just live your life with the Holy Spirit. And God added every day people who were being saved. And I just want to be real clear. This is not to like grow our church or to have more people in our congregation. This is to share the gospel of Jesus with people who we care about and love. It's an exciting time to be part of our congregation. We plan things and we have things spontaneously happen and we're seeing more people come to worship. We're seeing more people involved in our groups and that's very exciting. Our choir's growing like crazy. Like, you guys are awesome. This is a place to be right here. Like, you know, like God's doing stuff. And the reason is we're focusing on people and God, right? It's not about a transaction, like we'll help people so you come to our church. It's not it, right? We want you to come be a part of our church because this is a great church family, right? It's about a relationship between God and people. 3,000 people at one chunk. God added to, to, the, to the believers every day. That's powerful. It's viral. It's contagious. So what's the point today? What's the big idea? So what? That's what I think it is. Contagious is the way. Right? We think about what the way was, what the early church was like. It was contagious. It was viral. Right? People said, you have something special. I need to get, I need to get some of that, right? It, it was contagious. We talked about Jesus is the way. Reputable is the way. Spirit-led is the way, right? The early church was contagious. It was viral. People saw the living God being lived out in people's lives, and they wanted to say, I need something like that in my life. Contagious is the way, right? So action step, what I'd like to ask you guys to think about and pray about, right, is to be infected with the Holy Spirit, right? to be infected with the Holy Spirit, because that's exactly what the early church was, right? They had the Holy Spirit leading them, driving them, right? God was inside of them, and so God just kind of oozed out, right? So what does it mean to be infected with the Holy Spirit? I talked about this all last week in a message. If, if you hear that, it's great. If not, I invite you to, to go back and watch that. We talked a lot about the Holy Spirit, but the short answer is if you want to be infected with God, just invite God in. Say, Lord, I want you to be in my life. I want you to be in my heart. I want you to live in me. I want to be full of you like those early disciples were, right? And God will come and do that. We're going to take Holy Communion in just a few minutes. And I'll talk more about how you can invite God into your life, to be infected by God, to where it's not us living our life. It's the Spirit living in us, and it just oozes out, and people see that. So one more viral story. A few months ago, Laura and I went to Wilmington, North Carolina, because uh, I was going to uh, officiate a wedding for two of our South Park Church family, uh, Matt and Lauren, who got married recently, and it was an awesome wedding. We had a great time in Wilmington, and we celebrated that. Uh, and so they're newlyweds. We love them. We celebrate with them. And um, we went to do the wedding, had the reception afterwards. And then uh, late that night, my parents called. They were watching our two boys at home. Uh, and said that Nathan, my youngest son, had gotten sick. He had the stomach bug, right? You know, where you're throwing up and you've got diarrhea. I mean, not to be too gross, but it's, it's bad. You guys know what that's like. And so my parents are freaking out, right? So uh, we left the next morning earlier than we'd planned just to go make sure that Nathan was okay. We got back. My parents went home to their house, and 
um, you know, we're trying to isolate from Nathan, but also take care of him. Make a long story short, when my parents get back, they both get the stomach bug. Laura gets the stomach bug. So Luke and I are the last two standing, and um, literally. <laughs> so we go into uh, Luke's bedroom to sleep that night, uh, isolating ourselves. And, you know, sometime early in the morning, like one or two in the morning, I just Luke just starts vomiting everywhere. And it's down to me. And so, like, God, throw us a bone here, right? Somebody's got to take care of them, get food and Gatorade and all that kind of stuff. So I went and created a makeshift bedroom in my home office. Um, and so made it through the whole week, right? They're all getting better. My parents are doing better. Boys are back in school. Laura's doing better. And I'm thinking, this is an absolute miracle from God that I didn't get sick because that stuff is so nasty. It's so contagious. It's so terrible. Um, and as soon as I said that, <laughs> got the bug. Friday night after we got pizza from our favorite pizza place, which I'll never eat again. It wasn't the food, but, <laughs> but I got to see it more than once, if you know what I mean, right? So then I'm having Laura texting Laura on Saturday to texting Pastor Lindsay just saying, you know, Kyle can't make it. Can you preach for him, right? So it was, it was awful. Now, why am I talking about that story? That's not the kind of viral we want, right? <laughs> it's like, that's gross. That's, that's not the con- But here's the thing. I'm guessing those of us who were followers of Jesus, who walked the way of Christ, have people in our lives who don't know Jesus. And that hurts our hearts. And we've tried to share the gospel with them like Philip shared it with the Ethiopian. We pray for them, right? It, some of them are our family members, our children, our grandchildren, our brothers, our sisters, our moms and dads. Some of them are our best friends. Some of them are people that we work with. Some of them are people that we go to school with. And we're truly concerned that they don't have a relationship to Christ. And we have tried everything. And we're so freaked out because it's not happening. I'm just saying, don't give up on it. Don't give up on the Holy Spirit. Don't give up on God. Keep praying, right? God is sowing the seeds. You're sowing the seeds. Maybe you're not the one that's going to close the deal. Maybe you're the one that has sowed the seed for someone else down the line for the Holy Spirit to use, right? If there's someone in your life that you love and care about, that you want to know Jesus, don't give up, right? Because God's contagion, God's virus, just like I got it at the end, hopefully the people that we love and care about are going to get that too. Or maybe... You're here today in person or online or listening. And you're that person who has been curious about God, but you've been resisting God for whatever reason. And it's okay. It's understandable. We've all been there. But maybe it's today's the day that you say, you know what? I'm tired of running. I see God at work in other people's lives, and it's exciting, and it's awesome, and I've not yet been able to grasp that. Maybe today's the day that, that you surrender to the virus, that you surrender to the contagion to say, God, I want you to be a part of my life. I want to I let go of my shame. I want to let go of the guilt in my life. I, I want to have peace. I want to have joy. I want to live a life that's full. I want to have the Holy Spirit living in me. I want to live a life forever in the kingdom of God. Like maybe today is the day that you surrender to God and let the great glorious goodness of God become contagious inside of you. It's not too late for you or for anyone that you know. Contagious is the way. The gospel spread like wildfire in the early church. The gospel is alive and well now. Right? Contagious is the way. Be infected with the Holy Spirit and never give up.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.